but throws it down. Welcome to Coast to Coast, an NBA podcast by the fans for the fans. My name is Chris, and hosting with me is my guy Ronan. Tune in every week as we dive into the hottest content and emerging rumors across the league. Dodgers pulls up three pointer. Don't miss a beat. Whether it's a star on the move or the Knicks acquiring another forward, we got you covered. Zion for four for four! Welcome to the NBA! The game is constantly evolving, and whether it's by the eye test or advanced stats, we'll give you the analysis you need to take your fandom to the next level. Here's Davis, 4-3 in the win. Oh, it's good! Anthony Davis has won it for the Lakers! Sit back and relax. Coast to Coast starts now. a big week the playing tournament has come and gone and we are ready to talk about it chris what's up man man i could have done this last night when you saw john Morant and the grizzlies pull off what seemed to a lot of uh casual fans i might call them an upset game but man absolutely deserved i wish we talk about that now but you know i think we should uh do our due diligence we'll eat our vegetables first maybe we, we start with uh what happened earlier in the week uh some of the uh, interesting performances from some of the playing teams in the east yes well uh, we we can make it short and sweeter when we talk uh, talk indiana and charlotte uh the pacers absolutely dominated and blew out the hornets and the hornets really crushed crushed and burned with with a whimper on uh after what was a positive season it was a very disappointing end for them yeah and like it was definitely a blowout when you when you talk about the game itself it was it was pretty clear who the winner was basically in halfway through the second quarter. Like Charlotte just had no answer defensively. They couldn't get a single shot. They didn't move the ball like they used to. And it was just at the end of that, you know, it was basically over. But for the overall context of the team, I, I think it's pretty interesting because the Indiana Pacers, um, you already have trouble in their uh, front office and coaching relationship, coaching player relationship. So Bjorkman was really on the ropes here. So, I mean, if he loses this playing game, I think, you know, that's obvious. You know, maybe you fire him. But they're also facing the issue of having key guys out. They don't have Turner there. Um, they don't have <clears throat> um, a healthy uh, Karis LeVert. He's not playing. And I, I think that for them to lean on their role players and to find a rookie like Brissett and for McBuckets to be looking like his college self, playing a key secondary score while TJ Warren is out. I mean, that was really impressive for this team to come together and win this. I mean, Hornets, they were not a bad team. I mean, where, where paging Gordon Hayward, I don't, I don't know where he is. I mean, I, he's made of glass. It's another ankle injury. <laughs> but I, I think such an impressive win from the Pacers overall. Yeah, it was. And I think it kind of do, does them justice. It does a few of the guys that have had big years in their team, does them justice – like the likes of Sabonis, like Sabonis has had a really huge and great year, and he he was the leader of this team in the, in that victory, and he's been the leader for the team for for large portions of the season. So it was great for them to at least be able to get this sort of win and, and show that there's still something there. I mean, I mean, we were talking Indiana at the start of the season, and uh, we were kind of had a bit of a hot take thinking, oh, maybe <laughs> maybe they'll be a top four team. What and if then... they're contenders? <laughs> <laughs> Are we sleeping on the Indiana Pacers as? The best team in the East. <laughs> <laughs> we went a little bit crazy, but uh, yeah, they, they 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 had a little the little the little bit of a bounce back, and it, it it was good to see them show that there's still there still is talent there, and if they can just work out the issues they've got mainly off the court, and hopefully they can find a way to to have a healthy squad next year, I think they will they will be in a much better place. Yeah, so there's more basketball to be uh, spoken of for. The Pacers definitely want to talk about their their outlook after how the uh, the plan ended for them this week. Um, but just just wanted to close on Charlotte real quick. You know, it was a disappointing loss. Um, you didn't really see anybody step up except for Miles Bridges. Um, albeit Miles Bridges kind of was there at the end of it when the game had already slipped away, scoring his points as opposed to doing it while the Pacers were going on their crazy run. But to see 
nobody step up was a little bit concerning. Like you kind of hoped LaMelo Ball, who a lot of people will talk about this later, will argue is a uh, rookie of the year. Um, you hoped maybe he would show some of that natural leadership and step up. You hope maybe Rosier um, in a huge bounce back year for him and people looking at him as uh, scary Terry from Boston. Maybe he would have showed a little bit of uh, alpha in this moment, but you know, they looked lost without um, Gordon Hayward. I mean, the, the only steady guy that whole game was really Cody Zeller. <laughs> yeah. And it, you, you really hope that someone else would step up. So, you know, they have a, they have an off season here. You know, it's, it's huge for them to have at least the experience of, of that first gut punch. Mm. You know, they, they really, they really wanted it, but this off season, they need to find out who is, who's their leader, you know, cause Gordon Hayward, he's not going to always be there on the court to be that leader. So who, who's it going to be? And, that, and that's a question that they definitely need to be answering. Yeah, that's going to be, that's going to be crucial for them. I was also a bit disappointed in uh, Devonte Graham's performance. He kind of, kind of just mm. left, left his shot at home uh, for, for, yeah. for the biggest, biggest game of the, of the, of the Hornets uh, seasons. But uh, uh, it's, I don't know. Uh, it's, is that not indicative of his season? I wasn't that disappointed. I was kind of like, I, you know, I expected that. Yeah. Yeah. I guess, I guess you kind of always just have that kind of feeling when, when push truly comes to shove that either a guy is going to crumble or a guy is going to step up and you want to give them the benefit of the doubt and think maybe, okay, maybe he's going to step up. But unfortunately he, uh, he went for the ladder and really uh, kind of went into a shell on a disappointing night, but not, not, not going to put it on him. He was only coming off the bench and, he just kind of followed the followed suit of the rest of the Charlotte team, really. Yeah, and not not to bemoan the results of this game because it's over, and and we we're not gonna totally destroy Charlotte for their <laughs> their loss. But their starters were combined negative one twenty five plus minus negative one twenty five. Not a single positive. Not even a single slight positive. So. Yeah. And then they are out rebounded fifty four to thirty six. I mean, Sabonis was just destroying twenty one rebounds, nine assists, and then they went twelve of forty from three. So that's that's the kind of night it was. Could have ended it right at that. But let's. But you, you want to talk a little bit more Pacers. You you want to talk a little bit more Tatum. How do we feel about this uh, Celtics Wizards game? A big big uh, old rematch. It seemed. Yeah, that was that was one that we we were kind of on edge, kind of watching, wondering what was going to happen. Was this going to be a real dagger blow to Boston, just to sum up the disappointing season they had by being forced to play uh, a second game to try and get get the eight seed? But then Jason Tatum just does what great players do in the moment when the back is against the wall, when there's no one else to do it, and you know you, the the pressure is on you to step up. He took over like a superstar does and dropped 50 and led those those Boston Celtics to the seventh seed. Uh, just a huge performance from him and just another step towards what could be greatness for Jason Tatum. Yeah, I was not surprised by the performance, honestly. And I was wondering where it was going to come from, how he was going to end up scoring that. And, you know, that the answer was everywhere. <laughs> and... It was it was hilarious to watch the the Wizards. I mean, at, at the end, I'm so surprised that that Westbrook didn't comment on it. But you know, Westbrook didn't throw Brooks under the uh, under the bus like a lot of people are doing. You know, a lot of people are saying, you know, this is all t- tactical scheme. You know, I hundred percent think that after looking at the game. But Westbrook said, yeah, it was, it was more about letting Tatum get his shots and get easy shots in the beginning to get himself going, and that's absolutely true. Like once he gets on a roll, like he easily is good for performances like this but man the wizards did nothing to change it they didn't communicate well off of any pick and rolls they didn't communicate well on when to double they weren't even doubling him as much as they should have they're leaving ish smith and bertans on islands against tatum like you're you're not going to survive a game like that against him so it was it was surprising to me a team that's been so locked in in the past month and a half had such a poor mental performance and poor tactical performance, I think, from the coaching side. Yeah, I think we 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 saw the realities of what this Wizards team are at the moment in, in that game against Boston. I think we kind of, they went on an unbelievable run and fair play to them for doing it, but a lot of the big reasons for that was the offensive performances of Westbrook and Beal and the two of them, they had 
decent nights, but they they didn't have the nights that were that that the the performance just wasn't there. That they they the Wizards were always going to need if they were going to be able to get past this Boston team, and even more so when Tatum's going off like that. So I think obviously we were we were kind of hot on the Wizards. I was definitely big on on them, and I thought that they were going to get the job done against against Boston. But I think then. We, we, we were brought back to reality and just saw that the level this this Washington team really is at and in a lot a lot of other seasons they would not be anywhere close to being in playoff contention yeah I mean just like a couple things there with that they had a 0.6 percent chance to make the playoffs to, to make the play in rather sorry yeah points they were at that point they were 13th and this is uh beginning of April. 13th in the East, and they had to just crawl to get here. They hadn't lost consecutive games since April 7th, I believe. Um, so, I mean, they they honestly kind of had a little bit of a win. So this is the game nobody wanted to win. Nobody wanted to face the Nets first. But um, I, I think, you know, focus more on the Celtics. I wanted to talk about um, not just Tatum. But, uh, you know, Kemba Walker, he wasn't terribly efficient. But, you know, what they needed was volume scoring. They don't they don't have Jalen Brown there. You know, getting to 29 points period was, you know, just huge for Kemba to do. I mean, just he has free reign now to take shots. Jalen Brown's not there to shoulder that load. Um, Evan Fournier still looks like <laughs> an absolute shadow of himself. I mean, he, what, a, what a bargain deal, right, to, to be getting sloppy thirds from the Magic. And that's what the, you end up with post-COVID Evan Fournier, but um, those two really, really stepped up. Robert Williams went down. Marcus Smart went down at the end of the second quarter, and I really felt the Wizards' momentum was totally, totally there until Jalen Brown and, you know, Kemba went for a 17-2 run right out of the half, combined for nearly 80 points at the end of the game, and without them uh, being synergistic like that, they didn't have a chance to even win this game. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that's something this is something we've been waiting for Kemba to do. And now the pressure is really on because it can't just be Tatum. Walker's got to fill the shoes that, that Brown has left behind. And he's shown that he can do it. Obviously, coming into the playoff series, he's going to have to be more efficient with his scoring. But the big thing is just him putting up the numbers. That's so crucial for this Boston team. If they're going to have I don't really give them any real sort of chance, especially if this team is fully healthy. But if they even want to be in the game, head down the stretch, uh, any of any of these games against against Brooklyn, they're gonna have to have huge nights from both Tatum and Kemba Walker. Do they have a chance to win one game against the Nets? Yes. There's always a chance when you got when you got players like a, a guy like Taylor and you got guys that are capable of stepping up like Kemba. I think there's always a chance of, of at least one win. Yeah, I think that depends not on the Celtics. I think that totally depends on the Nets. Are they going to rest Durant? Maybe if they go three in a row against Celtics, are they going to rest Durant and Harden and uh, just kind of coast by? I'd be feeling, you know, maybe maybe they're just banking on playing less games, so sweeping just might be easier for them. So maybe they they play if they play all three guys for four games straight. I don't think they they steal a game. Yeah, I think obviously that's a t- totally fair. Look at look at what you're going up against. I don't think any team, let alone a team that has struggled like Boston this year and who have have injuries at the moment like Boston. You'd be terrified going up against this big tree, but I just think it would be the ultimate insult if the Nets get to three and zero and then start resting players. I guarantee you. I guarantee you, it's going to happen. If they uh, win three in a row, they're going to rest one of them. That's the Celtics' only chance of winning one. It'll be maybe a gentleman sweep, but oh man, I, I don't, resting I don't know. players in the playoffs—that would just be that would be a whole new level, whole oh new level. You're, you're, you're spending three thousand dollars for a ticket to watch uh, Kevin Durant's uh, uh, tuxedo. <laughs> Uh, let, no. let's let, let's talk about Tatum though you know you know he definitely does give you a chance um I mean his biggest critiques in the beginning of the season were all about not getting to the line not playing uh enough defense and being kind of one-dimensional in his in his game with with going to the ISO 
but you know, he showed it all in this 50 point game. This what this wasn't just him being more aggressive. This was him demonstrating that he's expanded his game throughout the season. I mean, he got to the line, he went 17 for 17. He was playing tremendous defense, um, one steal, two blocks. They don't even begin to represent how well he cuts off passing lanes, how well he really uh, helps off ball, how much better he's been as an on-ball defender as well. I mean, getting some time against Beal. Um, I mean, on offense, like he was playing excellent as a screener in the pick and pop. He was playing inside out, attack the basket, was facilitating, cutting to open lane. I mean, he did absolutely everything you can ask of what we consider a superstar. And I think, you know, it's time to stop looking at this as a 19 year old Jalen or uh, excuse me, Jason Tatum. This isn't 19 year old Jason. This is the superstar that they've been waiting for. If he keeps playing like this, I think he's a, he's really brought himself back into the all NBA conversation, which we're going to cover later. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that's a big thing. Obviously this has been a huge disappointing year for Boston, as we've talked about before. But before he went down, Jalen Brown was having a career year. And Jason Tatum, again, has stepped up from the stats that he was putting up uh, last year. So that's a, that's a real positive sign for them, that their two, that two stars have stepped up again in a big way and continue on the right track towards what Boston hopes are going to be a duo capable of challenging for NBA titles over the, over the next five to ten years. Yeah. So let, let's jump to the last part of the East. Almost done with the vegetables here. Pacers <laughs> and the Wizards fighting for that last spot. Um, you, you mentioned uh, how things are going to end for, for the Pacers, kind of talking about where, where they go from here. Roster-wise, definitely want to touch back on that when we're done talking about this. But this game was pretty much the mirror image of the Pacers-Charlotte game. But flipped on its head. I mean, the, the Pacers looked after basically the second quarter, the Pacers looked helpless. Mm. The The Wizards really turned it on. If you have Beal and Russell Westbrook playing at their peak in what they do, that's that's what we talked about. That's going to give them an advantage to win any game. I mean, just one or two other guys off the bench have to do something. And I mean, they, they have some guys here that have continued to contribute more reliably. Daniel Gafford has been huge, for example. But they, they proved it here that they can win big against teams that are closer to their talent level. But, you know, having a performance like this against um, against any team, against the 76ers, you know, they have a chance to win yeah. one game. That, oh, yeah. Yeah, no, I think uh, I think the, the main kind of narrative heading into that Pacers-Wizards game was Beal and Westbrook had had a – not a bad game, but not up to their usual levels against mm. Boston. And they were not going to do that two games in a row. And that's exactly how it panned out. I mean, Beal, obviously, he's been knocked down unbelievable score for basically the entire season. And he was just, he just stepped up in the key stages and just absolutely dominated the game. And that just took it, took it away, did not give Indiana a hope when he just took over for those stages throughout the game and then Westbrook of course had another had another impressive offensive performance but of course he didn't get a triple double so he's basically garbage then you know yeah that it's it's never a time to talk about Westbrook unless uh, he has a bad game <laughs> but Washington was killing it inside I mean Beal was scoring at will at the cup Westbrook was getting to the cup Robin Lopez looked like Hakeem Olajuwon for five minutes <laughs> I mean they scored 36 of their field goals inside the arc out of 40 inside the lane 36 of their field goals made out of 40 were not pull-up jumpers they weren't mid-rangers they were right at the cup and you know who they were really missing in indiana miles turner oh yeah big miles player. turner they they would not have had that advantage this could have been a completely different game if miles turner is healthy Mm-hmm. he's obviously the leading uh leading the league in blocks per game you know if he was healthy I, I think you know he deserves he deserves to be talked about um if not all nba then maybe even defensive player of the year in terms of the complete change and the pacers defensive numbers when he's there or not there um his on-court impact defensively is just tremendous 
Oh yeah, no. When when knowing that he was going to be down, that was even a huge hole in the Indiana team. And then obviously the thing was either the day or the day before the or the first playing game, they find out they're going to be without Levert. Like that was that was a monster. Those are two killer blows to to this Pacers as a whole. One on offense, one on one on defense mainly, and unfortunately they just weren't able to recover. But it's it's a shame for for a guy like. Um, like Turner, because he can be right up there. He can be right up there with the way we talk about Rudy Gobert. He he's capable of getting on that exact same level, but oh. he just cannot stay healthy. I I gotta calm you down there. I gotta calm you down there. We'll we'll, we'll talk some Gobert. But I, look, I I I love them. I love the Turner love though. I won't I won't uh start to argue any Turner love because he he deserves it. He deserves it after the season he's had. Um, and the Wizards they deserve this play this uh playoff spot for all the work that they've done and they, they really need to be you know talked about how much of an impact um how much of a change they've had like like we said before 0.6 percent chance to even make the playoffs yeah no i think that's the way a lot of people are trying to kind of play down the fact because they have beal and westbrook they're like Okay, so why are we celebrating this? They only got the eighth seed. They they had to go through two playing games just to get into the playoffs. Why are we celebrating this? But the rest of this Wizards team is just so so average. So doing <laughs> doing this is a huge achievement for Beal for Beal and Westbrook for me. Obviously, they've had some injuries, and that we I think we didn't get to see a lot of. Um, a lot of uh, Advija or, or uh, anything, but there's so much average talent in on the Wizards roster. So I'm going to say this is 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 an impressive achievement, especially where they were at around around uh, around March time. Man, that was that was the most backhanded def- defense of any team I've ever heard. <laughs> People aren't giving them the props they deserve because they're so average that they shouldn't even be there. So give them props. <laughs> and I, I think I think Washington would probably they would take issue with that. They would take issue with that. Listen, I, I've I've had plenty of uh, prove, back and prove, forth prove with. Prove me wrong. Prove me wrong. <laughs> I've I've had plenty of back and forth with uh, with Wizards fans on Twitter, and they've definitely not been a fan of. Uh, Chicago it's it's been like a, a back and forth of uh the who's whose worst franchise can do something um even mediocre and you know that congratulations like you <laughs> you've got into the playoffs I'm really happy for you though because you, you're right I mean that team is is has been struggling but you know I I will I will concede though that the deals that they made at the deadline looks ridiculous but you know, the two guys they got from the Bulls that I, you know, didn't really think much of. I mean, I love Daniel Gafford, but his impact as a as a rim roller is absolutely huge for Russell Westbrook. Absolutely huge for how he plays. I mean, to, to be able to be to have a legitimate lob threat there is something that they were definitely missing, especially with uh, Westbrook's play style. Chandler Hutchinson just makes their fast break even more scary. I mean, he's not given enough credit for being a good um, rebounder and pushing the pace. Um, I mean, probably that's all you can give him credit for, but you see him wilding out on Twitter, acting like he's something big because they made the eight seed. But <laughs> I, I think, I think you know, the Wizards have shown that they have some, they have young guys that can develop. We definitely didn't get to see enough of Rui Hachimura after he got injured, but he was looking like he was on the up. Avdia started to show signs that, you know, he is going to be a very good, versatile defender and can be playing off ball as a playmaker he's shown signs of that so I, I think the road doesn't just stop here at the eight seed I think the Wizards still have room to grow I think they have two potential all NBA players here um, depending on where the vote goes but that's enough to you know maybe Washington's not a quote-unquote destination but that's enough to build something more serious oh yeah I, I, that's absolutely true and they've had they've had some bad bad luck with uh with injuries this this year as well, so the, the the future there's definitely a future there. There's some bright sparks, and obviously they have two super talented guys in Westbrook and Beal. But just, just based off this season, it is it is a huge a huge positive for them to be to be playing playoff basketball. Absolutely. Um, what about the Pacers, real quick? 
I, I feel pretty similar to them that with health, they're going to look like a very good team next year. And I think maybe they even have a chance to push that narrative that they had earlier in the season. Maybe people are a little bit more realistic. Okay. Maybe they're not going to be that good, but you know, with Sabonis, with Miles Turner, with Karis LeVert, TJ Warren, and with Malcolm Brogdon, you know, in the bench that they got and the young uh, guys coming off the bench, they have a lot of cap flexibility. You know, it's, it's definitely a team that I think next year is going to be looking to make even more noise than they did this year. Yeah, absolutely. I think over the, over the last few years, they've always kind of been around it, obviously in what has been a consistently weak Eastern conference, but the conference is getting stronger. And I guess you kind of look at it, the way they're set up, you're kind of looking, can Karis LeVert step up and get to the sort of level maybe that Oladipo was at around the 20, 2016, 2017, the way he was leading that Pacers team, or maybe Oof. even some of the early the early stages of, uh, of Paul George when he was leading that Pacers team. I guess that's mm. kind of, unless they have plans to make moves, that's, that's what they've got to be asking out of Karis LeVert. He's got to be the guy that, that steps up and hopefully he can remain healthy and play the whole year and we can really see what this guy has got. Because obviously he's shown a lot of sparks of talent in, in Brooklyn, but we didn't really get to see him. He was never really the, the, the number one guy. So it's kind of going to be interesting to see what he can do with a full season as the guy almost. That That is really, that's an interesting way to look at it. Um, I mean, you just look at the the past of the Pacers, um, and you think of guys like uh, Reggie Miller, obviously. And then more recent memory, you think of Paul George. You think about uh, the run that Victor Oladipo had there. Um, they're used to just having these these dominant guys. Um, Sabonis is an excellent player, and I think he's going to make an all-NBA team very soon, if not this year. Um, but he's not that kind of guy. Miles Turner is a, a star role player, I would say. Same thing with Malcolm Brogdon. Can Karis LeVert be the star? TJ Warren is a great secondary score maybe not a star maybe he can be a offense to the level of chris middleton which is fantastic but as a two-way player not a star caris mm-hmm. LeVert, i you know when he was given chances to do it in brooklyn he showed that with volume he could but just never with efficiency it never scaled but if he can be a volume scorer for them i think in that situation right now I, he's gonna have the opportunity to have a really really good season next year yeah, absolutely, and I, I love to see it, especially with the troubles that he had after making the move to um, to Indiana. You'd love to see him have have a huge, a huge bounce back year and and show uh, almost show Brooklyn what they're missing. I don't know. I'm not saying he's going to get up to uh, the James Harden levels or anything like that, uh, but uh, that that that's got to be something that's that's playing on his mind. He's got to show this Pacers team is like, okay, this is why you brought me here. I'm I'm capable of being the star that you guys desperately need. Yeah. Hey, so let's let's move on to the the meat and potatoes. Let's get to the West. I, I love my East, but I, I think we kind of saw some of that coming. But the Spurs Grizzlies, that was a game where I wasn't sure in the beginning who was going to pull that out. I, I don't know if you had an opinion to start out with that. Did did you predict? I, I think you were kind of in the middle as well. Yeah, it was it was tough. I I was kind of just thinking it was going to play down to kind of which out of maybe Morant and uh, and DeRozan who could kind of just have the edge, who could have that better game. That might be the difference. But in the end, that wasn't the case at all. It was uh, a couple of the, the Memphis role players stepped up big time to, to get them over the line. I think honestly what it came down to was the game style. The Spurs can play a a gritty and slow game style. I think they're more, they're obviously a more methodical team. One of the slower paces, um, you know, that they still like to set up their mid range game and you have DeRozan who's constantly slowing down the clock, being his back to the basket guy. Um, and it's interesting. I'm interesting to, to see, you know, the way he's evolved as a player. DeRozan is, has gone from being this dynamic uh, wing now to progressing to almost do a small forward at this point. But you know, they, they had nobody who could grit as hard as the Grizzlies. <laughs> Jonas Valanciunas looked like like Thanos out there. It looked like he was playing alongside children. Jakob Pertl was his son. I mean, this team did not have a chance to box him out. He went 23 and 23. That's, that's, uh, 
DeMarcus Cousins level of production right there. Mm-hmm. Um, and you had <laughs> Dylan Brooks, our guy who's all who's always making his uh, best Kobe Bryant impression from time to time. He definitely did it tonight. 21 shots to get to 24, sure, but he was a volume scorer they needed for sure. And he was constantly putting pressure on that defense. Yeah, no, he had a, he had a huge game, man. It was just a, a all a grit and graft of his his entire game, which was so impressive. Obviously, they needed a scoring big time, but the way he just applied himself, both ends of the court, fought for everything, and that was that was ultimately what got what got the Grizzlies over the line. I really think there were stages of the game where the Spurs, if they had just had a proper star, I think they would have had enough to to get over the line. I think that's where we saw the limitations to to the Rosen's game and, and ultimately why the Raptors kind of gave up on him because he was getting dominated inside. Valanciunas wasn't giving him anything and he wasn't able to transition his game to start taking different shots, to start shoot maybe a few more threes. That's just not his game. Yeah. And that is something that they desperately needed out of him on the night against Memphis. Yeah, and you, you also hope to see a little bit more activity um, from their guards. I thought this was going to be kind of a guard duel here. Um, Keldon Johnson had some moments, absolutely. I mean, as a rebounder and the way he attacks the rim, um, I think people are sleeping on him a little bit. Um, but I expected to see more from DeJounte Murray. That, that's that's what I really expected. You, you don't always see it from Lonnie Walker. Sometimes – he, he channels that, but he hasn't shown to be a consistent producer like that. But DeJounte Murray, the guy who I think a lot of people thought was going to be a future star for them. Um, you know, it, he's had many chances to demonstrate that he's going to be a go-to guy. And I think it's turning out that he's not going to be that. I, I think, you know, people are starting to realize maybe he's a little overrated, not on the defensive end, absolutely not, but as an actual true go-to point guard, I, I'm not sure that that's going to be his uh his best position even. Yeah, it's 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 a tough one and it's a decision the Spurs are going to have to make. I'm kind of interested to see what what way their front office sees the next the next this off season and the next year or two playing out. Is it just kind of a question of see what Pop can do with this current lineup, not do anything too desperate, and then when Pop wants to call it a day will completely blow it up and start over again. It's kind of, they're in a bit of a limbo and they kind of, they, they need to make some, some, uh, some big, big calls uh, in this off season and over the next year or two. Yeah. I don't think they, they, we talked about the future of the wizards, the Pacers. And I think that when I look at the Spurs, given you're probably going to lose the Rosen and the, into free agency. Um, I mean, he could stay as well. Um, but I, I think, if you're going to actually try to build, you want to give those minutes to the young guys. You want to make that transition. So I think it's going to be an evaluation period for these other young guys. See if that Vassal doesn't seem to be a go-to guy. I wouldn't really think so from Walker or Murray. Keldon Johnson might surprise us. Um, is Jakob Pearl your long-term? There's just so many question marks on this roster when, when, I, when you really think about it. Um, and it was great that they made it to the plan. Shows that you know, their, their system still works in this modern NBA. Um, they're, they're not giving in completely. They've adjusted a bit, but not really giving in completely. Um, but besides that, not, not a whole lot of positives to leave this season with um, outside of some of the young development you had. Yeah, definitely. And I guess that's uh, something that uh, Memphis is on the other side of the coin there. They are, they have lots of stuff to, uh, obviously their season's going to go on but they had lots of stuff to think feel positive about and a lot of positives coming out of their young guys yeah yeah hey do you want to talk about the best game of the season lay it on me Warriors and Lakers this was a game that I I couldn't tell you I, I was just as as confused as you were where it might go so many variables to think about a lot of them had to do with health smoke screens about health and man, did the play-in tournament really pay out in this game? Just the absolute desperation you saw from the Warriors. They played probably their best defensive basketball of the season. I mean, A- AD is a guy who, you know, he's a matchup nightmare. You don't know how to defend him. And the Warriors really neutralized the threat. I mean, you, you can talk about his, his box score at, at the end of it. 
um, what, what, he, what he scored in the second half for sure. But for an entire half for them to make AD uncomfortable and really take him out of the game was was crazy. Yeah, no, they were the the Warriors. I guess they ultimately showed that Steph just can't do it all by himself because they absolutely dominated that that first half, and they were streaks ahead. Steph was absolutely balling, no doubt about it. Looked on a higher level than AD and LeBron on the court on the night. Made that huge shot at the buzzer at halftime. I think to to make it a thir- give them a thirteen point lead. Yeah, things were just looking too good. And then the second half started and the Lakers, they got the number one ranked uh, defense for a reason and they started to make get some stops. They started to make some plays. And luckily for them, Schroeder had a couple of moments. Obviously, he, he struggled for the most part, but he had a couple of moments with, with some big drives and some important scoring. And then uh, LeBron and, and AD were able to, to, to find their groove. But it all started with... Uh, a massively improved defensive performance in the second half from LA. Yeah. And it was the Warriors losing a 12 point lead to a Lakers 17 to seven rally in the third. I think that really, that, that really set the tone for the rest of the game. Eight turnovers that they had led to 12 points in the third quarter alone. And this was all when the Lakers were really struggling to get anything going in the half court. I mean, they, they weren't getting any production out of the Schroeder pick and roll. I mean, he had a, he had a couple moments in, in the end of the game, which was, was good to see from who's supposed to be your third best player. But I mean, he was pretty much absent. Um, so, I mean, give huge credit to their defense for keeping them in it because they were always within just a, a LeBron AD run reach. I, th- I think that we got to give the Lakers defense and their, their bench unit guys like Caruso. How about him forcing the Curry turnover Late in the game, two minutes, 20 seconds left, and then 80s sprinting down the court. And those two free throws right there, that that really that really turned the tide basically to win the game. LeBron hit that 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 shot, but that that was the turning point at the end. Yeah, I think that's that's why I, oh man, Crusoe just he's just a cult icon for me. I just love I love that guy. <laughs> and it's not even just kind of a, a thing where it's kind of funny and you kind of like, oh, he's a funny guy, he doesn't look like an NBA player at all. He he, may, he steps up with big plays almost every night, especially with little getting little hands in, little steals and stuff like that. He makes smart moves, he makes smart passes and stuff. He, he's a real key contributor to this team. And there was a lot of stages in that uh, in the second half where I think Steph almost didn't really recognize him, and, and he just he, he was able to make some big plays. He, he able to get the hand in, poke it away from him in in key stages when I remember that uh, when Crusoe had the ball stolen off him and then it ended up in Steph's hand and he stole it back. And if the Warriors yeah. had got had gone up and scored then that could have that could have been another been it. The game. That would have been it. Yeah. And like that's 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 why the Lakers are still in the conversation because of how good some of their role players can play and the the quality of their defense. It's it's actually interesting to me um how he was really portrayed in the in the offseason last year and then kind of just completely fell off i mean lakers nation was obsessed with him he was this this idol and i think people were really like buying into him but uh, i think the nba like got bored with him it's like we we see this from him every night and it's no longer surprising that he's a productive role player yeah. like we, <laughs> people just got to get out like like joe harris he's an awesome scorer okay cool like we we know that that's that's great that's great. Um, Duncan Robinson. Yeah, we get it. He's naturally a really good NBA player. We, we can stop going crazy about it. And I think we've done that for Caruso. I, I expect him to to have this kind of defensive grit and be a playmaker and aggressive driver. I, I think him in a bench role is, is super, super underrated. Like guys like him make championship teams because they round out the margins. I mean, he's he's not going to be a mid-level exception type guy. You're not going to pay him 10 million a year. But he's a guy with his contract who way outplays the value of his contract. Yeah, absolutely. It's also kind of funny to see with the uh, with the Lakers how how Marcus Saul has fallen down the pecking order since since Drummond's come in. Now the AD's back. It's kind of uh, <laughs> he might as well be in Cancun. Yeah, man. It's 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 a it's a weird one because obviously when they were bringing they brought him in uh, uh, to start the season, everyone was like, "Oh, this is a really smart move. This is a big move for them." And 
it's just the way it's worked out. It's almost like he's there if needed, and it, it, he's a great guy to have if if there's an injury to to the likes of Davis or Drummond. But he ain't gonna be a go-to guy for them at all. Yeah. Um, talking about the the Warriors side, uh, I do want to give the credits. Obviously, Steph Curry had another amazing performance. He's a reason that they're in this. You know, I mean, in the third, uh, he started fifteen-four rally all by himself. I mean, he had all his shots there. But the rest of the team, Andrew Wiggins, you saw way more competitive. You saw him defensively engaged. He was one-on-one with LeBron. He was taking fadeaways over LeBron, really shooting well from the corner. Um, and then he just fell off in the second, second half. He just disappeared. I, I didn't notice he was there. It, it's, it's, I don't understand what happens to them because i mean it's all mental he literally was going toe-to-toe with lebron the first half and then just disappeared yeah i guess it's just another another sign that he is just not capable of being obviously not not a not a one star but not even a two star it's just another example of not being able to do it not just not having the mentality not having the grit to be able to do it for a whole game and to, to continue to step up as as things continue to get harder in games. Yeah, but he's so capable. And that's what, oh, yeah. it's so frustrating. Because yeah. you, know, you, I think he gave you a little bit more hope this year because he had um, so much, a really improved um, mindset defensively, for sure. And he's really improved as as he's uh, integrated into the Warriors offense, choosing his shots and taking good shots, passing the ball better. But I think the fact that he still can't can't crack the next level to being a go-to guy, even against bench units, like that's that's a disappointing thing for me. And I think you're right. I think this is like a realization moment that you know he's not going to be that go-to scorer. He's not going to be someone that you rely on to even I don't know run run a whole bench unit. I mean that's that's crazy to me. Like I, I'd never, I never thought it would sink that far despite his performance. Like, I mean, yeah, he's, he's playing fantastic as a role player, but I, I didn't think that he would just actually not ever figure it out. Yeah. I think, I think if you don't think you're alone there at all. I think we all kind of had that feeling. Obviously there was, it was taking a bit longer than maybe we expected. We all kind of thought it would come around at some stage and uh, the seasons keep going by and we, we keep failing, failing to see, to see things come around for him, unfortunately. But I guess moving on then to the to the next uh, the next uh, game where Grizzlies and the Warriors uh, a gritty tight game and a really really fun enjoyable game as well. Man, for anyone who was looking at the Warriors Lakers game and saying, um, "Wow, all right, this is gonna be a blowout," the Lakers almost lost to the Warriors. How are the Warriors gonna lose to the Grizzlies? And you have not been watching the Grizzlies. You have not been seeing how they've competed over this year. And when they are fully engaged, when they get going offensively, you can't beat them because you can't out-hustle them. You can't out-grit them. And the way they've revived that grit and grind Memphis Grizzlies team in a supercharged, young, lanky, athletic way, this is a fun team to watch. And they absolutely deserve this win, the way they competed on the floor. Yeah, absolutely. and. Obviously, the main thing I, I saw from that is that was obviously we already talked about the the Wiggins failing failing to to do it. I think he was ten of twenty two from the field overall, and it was just a, a huge sign of the, what the future holds for Jam Morant. He had a really impressive night, stepped up huge when push came to shove, and finished with thirty five points, six boards, six assists, and got that crucial bucket no OT to secure the win. This guy stepped up when when the light shone, shone on him, he was ready and he took he took that this game for for Memphis and it was it was hugely impressive. Yeah, man, John even looked like he could do a lot better. I mean that, that's the thing that really surprised me. Um cuz even though he was still hesitant to take the three, he was really switching up from last game cuz he really got exposed for for how often he would just be passive when when defenders would go under the screen. Like he wouldn't attack that with a jump shot. He would allow people to sag off him by 10 feet. You know, that really slows up their half-court offense. 
And, you know, this game, he took 10 shots and he made half of them. I mean, he still looked hesitant on a lot of them. I think teams will continue to, to give him that, which, you know, I'm, I'm predicting if I'm a drafting a fantasy team or something next year and jaw is falling because of how he played this year, I'm telling you, he's going to work on that and attack that because teams are going to give him that early on in the season next year. And he's going to start knocking that down. I mean, we're talking the way he played this game. If he has a jump shot added to that, I mean, he's easily, easily being a, a 40 point 10 assist type of performance. I mean, teams are really gaming him hard for his lack of a jump shot. Yeah, absolutely, and that's 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 a it's another thing we're going to see is is say how committed he is to 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 being a superstar in this league. That's what all the best guys do when they have that weeks in the game. They 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 put the time in, and they work hard to improve it. And when they come back, they shock all the guys that are coming up defending them because they've added to their game something that they didn't have the year before. That's something we, we were looking forward to seeing out of Ja. And if he's working on his game, let's all just be scared because this guy is is mega talented. Yeah. How about the same old song for the Warriors? Those second half turnovers, killing them again. Killing them again. They killed them against the Lakers, killed them here. Um, and 10 turnovers in the second half, maybe it doesn't sound like that much, but they were all happening while the Grizzlies were going on a run. They're all happening when they had a chance to turn it around, but they were all like unforced errors. I mean, the Grizzlies, I think were just outpacing them and just outworking them. And they were just looked tired on some of those, those passes near the end of the game. They, they didn't look like they had the energy to be competing at that same level. Yeah. I think obviously, I don't know if anyone was kind of hundred percent saying the Warriors were going to beat the, the Lakers in the first playing game. But I think, we were all feeling like they were pretty much dead on to, to at least get the eight seed. And then just the way that Steph was playing, it's like, how could he possibly lose today? Because then when you look last night, it was kind of sort of, you don't want to say this, but it was kind of feeling like, okay, if we lose this, it's not the end of the world. Obviously, it'd be great for our fans and we'd like to keep on going and make the push this year. But at the same time, next year and a couple of seasons after that are when we're really going to be going big and we'd rather be fit and well rested and healthy for that. That was kind of a, a feeling. What? You think getting. so? That's crazy. That's crazy. I mean, you were, you were just, you were just uh, going crazy at me for, for the idea of resting Harden and Durant for a playoff game, but you're, you're like, yeah, maybe the Warriors is going to take the playoffs off. They're going to rest the playoffs for the next season. No, no, I mean more so just the game last <laughs> No, night. I know. It, obviously, this could be – I'd be very against it if it actually came out that that was, that was the way. But uh, one thing you got to say is that Steph was unbelievable again. That one shot that he made, that turnaround off the backboard. That Unreal. That was actually outrageous. Like, how the hell – Unreal. <laughs> I've, I've, never, I've never seen anything like that before. Being – he's literally turning around. Like, he, he hasn't even turned his head yet. Like, he was – already off the ground essentially and had the 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 peace of mind mid-air to spit like that's insane like that's gonna go down as one, one of the craziest uh circus shots and obviously a lot of talk recently about how he's the, the, been the best player in the world at this moment it's kind of hard to argue when he's making shot, shots like that it's even it's even harder to argue but credit where's credit's due the Grizzlies, the the grit and grind you talked about earlier, they didn't let it. They didn't let the the idea of facing Steph affect them. They just went out and played their own all. game, and yeah. they got and they got the reward. And they're going to be facing the Utah Jazz in, in round one of the postseason. I'm I'm gonna just like I gave them the chance against the the Warriors. I'll, I'll give them the chance in a seven game series. It'll be really tough against you know Gobert, but I I, I think that balance units is strong enough to to survive down there. I don't think he's going to have that impact. Jaws is going to have to play a lot, a lot better. Um, but I mean, for, for the big, they're very deep. I mean, that's the thing. The Grizzlies were in foul trouble and they didn't have um, Jonas Valens units. They didn't have Jaron Jackson Jr. They're both in foul trouble all the way until the third. Like they weren't on the floor. And Xavier Tillman, I mean, he stepped up. He had arguably the biggest shot of the game, hitting it from the corner in overtime when the shot clock was just going down right at the buzzer i mean that that was the shot that kept them in the lead 
and that, that was a shot from there. I don't, I don't think that they, they looked back. I mean, that was such a, a shot of energy. And for a second-round pick, and then just the, the way the, the Grizzlies know how to find these guys, similar to the Spurs. I mean, they, they find guys like this who can contribute, and you don't worry about your depth. They're going to be able to send out anybody, next man up mentality, who's going to produce that same sort of production out of anybody on the team. Yeah, I think uh, Desmond De- Desmond Bain kind of falls into that category as well. He's, he's absolutely, he's absolutely got a huge huge minutes off the bench. And I think especially going into the series with Utah, Donovan Mitchell is not guaranteed to start the first game, mm-hmm. and if he's out for even the first couple of games, that would definitely play into the hands of, of the Grizzlies, and they could maybe try and split those first two games and just have the, just make it into a series. There's not they're playing with absolutely no pressure on them whatsoever. There's just go in, go out there, have fun, see what you can do, play your game and, and let's see what rewards we can get out of it. That's that's they're they're they're, they're living in the gold the golden uh, the golden realm of, of entering the playoffs this year. I feel like I feel like they want they wanted it so bad last year and they had a chance that like it on the outside, it, it looks like that for them. We're like, oh, like, good job, Grizzlies. Like, that's awesome for a young team to get in. Like, really nice story. But I think, I mean, like, when you hear how they talk about it, I mean, the, the Grizzlies are fully expecting this of themselves. Like, they wanted to be, they, they felt they deserved to be in the playoffs. Like, they, this isn't for them, like, a, a moral victory. Like, they want to compete in the playoffs. And just the collective attitudes of all these young guys that they have, that's just another impressive sign that, you know, they're a young team now. It's similar to how we were looking at the Nuggets before. You know, young team, moral victory, blah, blah, blah. I mean, this team, if not this year, next next year, maybe the year after, like they are going to absolutely be a fixture in the NBA playoffs in the Western Conference as currently constructed. That that's they, they don't need to add anything. They're going to be that for the next four or five years. Yeah, absolutely. And you, and you love as well with the – this a team like this getting this getting this experience early. It's gonna it's gonna stand to them in the future, even if it is, even if it turns out to be a four and zero sweep. Just being in the playoffs and having that experience is gonna stand to them for the next for the next few years. And I think they have done great things this year, and fully deserve to be to be in the playoffs. Yeah, and you mentioned about Clay um, not being around. Maybe they they want to wait for next year. The Warriors. Um, I'll, I'll be at a loss. Um, they definitely have something. I mean, they have a defensive identity that has gone largely unnoticed. Their, their defensive identity was clearly proven in the way that they made AD uncomfortable and, and really um, matched the hustle for a lot of the game of the Grizzlies. I, I think that that's something they can build around it. Jordan Poole, he's a legit scorer. I mean, he's not just some nice G League story anymore. Like, he is a legitimate scorer, and he's someone you can rely on to score off the bench. And even the way he can play in the pick and roll, getting down the court, I mean, he does it all in terms of being a dynamic uh, bench scorer. And he's even proven it when he started. Yeah, absolutely. He's stepped up big on more more than one occasion to prove himself. Obviously, there was that sort of idea that he kind of had to really – really show up on more more than one occasion to really prove himself to a lot of a lot of the media uh, around the NBA but he's done that and that is why the Warriors are going to be so interesting to watch this this offseason and and coming into next year it's it, it would not be crazy to see them being right up there challenging for the top two top three next season even after what as after what happened this year you kind of look at it on paper and you're like Oh well, maybe they're they're going to head towards a rebuild or something like that. No, 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 no. Is this this Warriors team has still got something there, and with the right moves, they could be right back up there challenging. How about uh, we we're not sure how we feel about Andrew Wiggins, right? I mean the the way the way he's played as a role player this year has been great, but I mean he's still crazy overpaid on the yeah. max. So. You know, that, that's a guy they're probably looking to move and, and someone, some other team could argue that, you know, maybe we've seen enough for him where we're willing to pay him that. And maybe they end up trading their pick. You know, they're going to possibly have two picks in uh, the first round here, depending on where the Timberwolves land. And I'm not sure what they're going to do. 
but they're going to have to be aggressive. I mean, just looking at how this team is constructed, looking at how disappointing Wiseman was, I don't think any bets are off. Um, but what about Green? How do we feel about Green and how he's performed? I mean, he's been amazing as a playmaker still. I mean, he's one of a kind, being able to play, make, rebound, and defend at that level. But his scoring is just gone. It's just not there anymore. And the way that the Grizzlies were able to take advantage of that, especially with Kevon Looney on the floor, that really, really hampered their ability to do anything. Curry was able to get triple team when he's on the floor. Yeah, now it's it. Uh, it's I'm, I'm not really sure what what's the best best move for them because like you think of getting rid of Draymond and he's just been such a yeah. heart, heart and soul of this team. Like, but. The, the 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 main rumors I'm seeing is that it's looking likely that they might they might not uh, they might not be having uh, Draymond in a, in a Golden State jersey next season. You seen that? I've seen a few rumors. I've seen talk of Portland and a couple of other teams. It would be a, it would be a crazy situation, but if they can get the right deal, if the right deal is out there, this might be the time to make that move because. His value ain't going to be there for 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 much longer, unfortunately for Draymond. But if there's the right deal out there to get in a guy that can provide a similar level of defense, but also add scoring to the game of of Clay and Steph, I think they're that the the Warriors are going to be aggressive and they gotta they gotta make big calls, and that could be one of them. I don't know. I want to I want to stay on that for a second. Then, so where do you? How do you replace his value in one player? Are you going to find a guy who's a a year to year defensive player of the year candidate, a are arguably a point guard level playmaker, and a rebounder at his size and athleticism? What where, where do you replace that in one player? I I don't know who the player is to replace him. I, I'm just saying I'm saying it would be incredibly difficult for them to do it and to be able to make that call. I'm just thinking that they're going to need to be aggressive and maybe they accept a, a slight downgrade maybe on the, the defensive and rebounding aspect and look for someone who can who can still be a, a good contributor on defense and one that can add a regular efficient scoring. I don't think, for me, I, w- I would still be looking to keep Draymond as part of the Warriors because I think he, he adds so much to the team as a whole and I think he brings out the best in the likes of, of Steph and Clay, so it would be a crazy call, really, for me if they were looking to get rid of him. I'm just thinking they know they're going to have to be aggressive, and maybe that's a move that they might look to make. So his contract right now, um, it's, it's going to increase next year to 24 million. 24 million for the next three years at his age. I mean, that that's a contract that's going to die. I mean, he's going to be he's going to be 30. 435 by the time his contract's over. Maybe he stays that physically together to survive that, but I, I don't know if, if he's a 30-minute, a, a game-type player by the end of next year, the year after that. I mean, he's got a lot of years on his legs. Yeah. So, I mean, maybe I could definitely think of some teams who, who could use that type of defense, that type of playmaking, but it has to be a win-now team, and there has to be Definitely picks evolved. I mean, I, I think you're talking the the Warriors losing a pick out of that, a first round pick. Yeah. Um, but but man, that that would be that would be crazy. I, I I don't know if they if winning another championship is for the Warriors or if it's for the uh, if if it's for the band, got to keep the band together. <laughs> I, I don't know if 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 winning at the at the expense of getting rid of Draymond Green is is uh, going to be something that Curry wants to do. But he doesn't like getting triple teamed. So what, what does he like better? Does he like Draymond Green around his, his friend, his, his man, his defender? Or does he want to face triple teams for the next next three years, essentially? Hey, it won't be as bad when Clay is back. Okay, d- double teams. Half-court <laughs> double teams. That's a little better. Hey, if they make if they get Clay back and they get an upgrade on uh, on Andrew Wiggins, I don't, maybe there won't be too much of a of a worry about it. Yeah, and oh, Andrew Wiggins and Draymond Green. That's a, that's a lot of money to not do a lot of spacing for 
probably one of the best ISO scorers in basketball. That's a shame. He, he doesn't seem to be missing it too much. <laughs> so, what 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 else we got to cover? I, th- I think we killed the uh, we killed the play-in. We did. The play-in is dusted. We are heading for the playoffs. They begin Saturday night. Lakers are in the seventh seed. The Memphis Grizzlies are in the eighth seed. Over in the east, we got Boston in the seventh seed up against the Nets. We got Washington heading to Philly. Think We're thinking Brooklyn and Philly are, are fairly happy with their first round. I don't think they're going to have too much trouble. On the other side, the, the Jazz and the Suns are probably a little bit worried. Jazz and Suns. I, I, think, that, I think the Suns are going to be fine. The, the, I don't. I don't. I don't think they're. They. I, I'm not. I'm not predicting a win, but I. I don't think that. I don't know. I, the way that the Lakers were playing, the way that they had to pull out a win like that, um, and damn, we didn't even talk about LeBron James in his uh, triple vision, and <laughs> how do how do we miss that? I think it's been. Ta- I think it's been over. Ta- I think it's been talking you know, about enough. Uh, no. <laughs> I, I haven't complained enough about that. That was that was ridiculous. But the, hey, the, the big thing the big thing in this series is going to be he how, made the shot. How the hell DeAndre Ayton can handle Anthony Davis? That, that's going to be a, that's going to be a big uh, a, a big aspect of, of the way this series goes for me. I I really am going to have to rely on uh, on Jay Crowder and Mikael Bridges. They're they're going to have to play the best defense of their lives. But, I mean, maybe Anthony Davis just needs to get – I mean, he's probably just going to get into the swing of things. I mean, is this a sweep if he does? We're, I mean, we're talking health, right? If, if they have – if the Lakers are just healthy enough, if AD is at 75% and LeBron's at 70%, is that still a sweep? Uh, I don't think so. I think the, 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 the talent and the grit that the – the Suns have played with. I, I don't think that that would be a sweep unless the the unless the two of LeBron and AD are firing all cylinders. I think this is going to be an exciting series and one that could go to six or seven games. Yeah, Chris Paul. Chris Paul is there. That's not a sweep. Devin Booker is there. That's not a sweep. I, I don't. I don't know how how they're going to manage the front court in terms of defending Anthony Davis. That's going to be tough. You're, you're absolutely right about that. But that's also what we projected for. Warriors Lakers and that was not as much of a thing I mean if they're active on defense there's a way to swarm Anthony Davis the kind of if you give him the Joel Embiid treatment from the start he's gonna have a tough time yeah definitely I see seeing today that's coming out that that, that LeBron broke health and safety uh, protocols going to a, a promotion event for his uh, tequila tequila brand there with with Drake the other night I haven't seen that there's going to be any repercussions so I'm like why the hell is it coming out Unless they're gonna try ban him for a game or or something like that, I don't know why it needs to be a thing. Unless there's gonna be some sort of repercussions from it. Oh my god, I I can't I can't go down this uh this road <laughs> of of LeBron stuff right now because I'll I'll go off. But like just just quick reminder of his comments about China and the clear hypocrisy there, in the way that he criticizes the league, all the hypocrisy there, and then in the way that he's talked about COVID and then does this, and then when asked about being vaccinated, says it doesn't matter, even though he knows he's an example, fill in the blanks, blah, 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 blah. Like, mm-hmm. that, that frustrates me in how he, how he portrays himself. You know, LeBron the player, I love it. But the, the comments off the floor, the theatrics, the complaining, it just, like, if he had just hit that shot, said nothing. Like, that, that was, he literally, like, spoiled the one of the greatest moments of his career <laughs> like i i is when, he, when is, he, wait wait is he embracing the amount of hate he's getting at the moment just a little bit obviously he's always been a talker and, and all that sort of thing but i think some of the times oh, when man, i hear he's, him now, he's he, self-righteous he, he's embracing a little bit and saying things knowing that it's going to get a lot of people riled no. up one no, thing i have what was just come out he said that that the league have said that uh He's not going to be suspended. That the nature of the event did not rise to threat level of virus spread. So, 
there's one there's one thing we don't we don't gotta worry about. And I think yeah, before you go off too much, we'll take a break and when we come back, we'll be talking our all NBA picks. Yeah, you. you listen this far, whether you fell asleep, left your phone in the other room, or maybe you liked what you heard. So please don't forget to hit that subscribe button so you can get our content every week. In the Christmas spirit, we are doing a special giveaway for our day one listeners, and all you have to do is be subscribed to the pod, follow us on Twitter at CoastNBA, and Instagram at Coast to Coast NBA Podcast for a chance to win. Now, back to the pod. <laughs> 